0: this call is being recorded you are locked on browns your daily podcast covering the Cleveland browns part of the locked on podcast network your team every day uh hello everybody for what's going to be a friday episode here uh, obviously on the sports world um for now we're going to continue to stay the course if we have to venture off we will um but for now, we still got business to do here. Your Friday edition of Locked On Browns. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, from Yahoo Sports. Eric at home. Your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Eric, first things first, thanks so much for your time here. We're going to get doing some good stuff here, guys. We'll talk some draft stuff. And it's I, one of the reasons I'm actually looking forward to this. And, you know, Eric, I, Eric and I have been trying to work this out for about a week or so. Yeah. but. A lot's gone on with this draft cycle, so we want to talk about how it's different to just cover it, because it's always kind of been the same routine. We're going to get into that. But from Yahoo Sports, Eric Edholm. Eric, how you doing, buddy? How's everything going? How's the fan
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. The family's good. We're all healthy. I guess that's sort of in the news these days, and everybody's talking about this coronavirus stuff, and my my wife is in healthcare, so she's especially worried about it, just being in patient uh, contact and stuff like that. But as far as we know, everything is tip top, and I'm just trying to crank out draft reports as we get uh, closer. It sounds like the draft is going to go on. I mean, the NFL has sort of said that it's – Still going on as planned. We'll see if fans are there or not. It might be a weird scene. I don't know if I'll be in Vegas now or not, but hey, you know what? We're alive, we're healthy, and we got football to talk about.
0: Well, and look, I mean, if you got to go old school, like it used to be in the bottom of the Marriott Marquis, the only thing I ask is can we find the helmet phones? Can we go back to that day? Because I mean, I tried um, to buy one years ago when I got my first house and I literally called all over the United States and I even had a guy in Denver who's like, hey, if you find somebody with some,
1: let me know. Because right. I'd love
0: to get my hands on one of those. Um, oh, those are
1: so prized commodities. I don't think, I think, you know, they're probably worth like the actual technological value of what they are. I mean, they're probably worth about 18 cents, but the the emotional value of those things has to be in the thousands of dollars, right? I mean, collectors across the world have to be saying these are so prized they're so rare and we have to keep them. Those those are the kind of things you pass on as heirlooms to uh, to your kids and grandkids.
0: Yeah, well somebody told me you know maybe try like to uh go down to like you know around the uh in here in New Jersey the Mount Laurel area yeah. where you know the NFL yeah. Uh try storage wars there. There's probably somebody <laughs> forgot and there's probably a billion of them somewhere there. But uh let's get going in here some draft talk. Um The class itself, it's an interesting class because some of, obviously, certain positions, Eric, whether it's wide receiver, whether it's offensive tackle, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's cornerback, maybe not top heavy, there's positions here where there's like meals for days. And there's some where it's a little bit more scarce. So some thoughts here just on the 20 class before we get going.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess you naturally start with quarterback, and obviously, I know Brown. You know, Browns fans aren't going to be exactly uh, keyed in on that, but it has an effect on on who they uh, get. There's a small amount that are there. <laughs> yeah, there are right. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you've got the one year wonder in Burrow, and and you know maybe the best college season of all time. You've got the the health questions of Tua Tungavailoa. You know, you have the the mystery that is Jordan Love, and and Justin Herbert seems to be the you know the the high floor underwhelming top 10 pick or something that you know that that may have been a little more attractive a decade ago but you know i don't know i mean you start with those four guys and and there's there's a, a boomer bust quality to all of them i think uh, you, you know running back could have been a lot deeper had a lot of these underclassmen uh, not gone yep. back to school wide receivers you mentioned one of the best years depth wise in years i mean i don't know that we're going to have that you know, Mike Evans OBJ class where it was really top heavy. I don't think we'll have quite that, but I think we'll have day three picks who are really strong contributors for years. So, and yeah, to your point about the tackles, I mean, I, I love the top, I love the, the, the top four guys. And then I feel like there's a second tier and then there's a drop off. And so, you know, that, and kind of a so, so guard center group, you know, kind of a, middling or, or lower than that tight end group you know it's it's definitely hit or miss on offense I think defense is a little more a little more steady across the board but again you, you still have the, those stronger patches and those weaker spots as well
0: yeah it's it, and like trying to fill it here in you know and everybody oh well just go get a blocking tight end for the Browns well well, <laughs> that's the one thing that's missing. You yeah. know, I mean, we yeah. have a bunch of David Njoku's, Ricky Seals, Jones, Carlson's. It's in last year was the year. Like if Kevin Savansky got the job last year and some guys did recommend that for the Browns. <laughs> um Last year would have been the year. Well, granted, they didn't have the first round pick either. But last year was more the year tight end this year. But I mean, granted, it's a position that it, it never truly fully develops NFL-wise, you know, obviously guys, usually your mid- to late-round picks, you find their roles. It's not usually one – tight end's not usually top-heavy. Last year was definitely an anomaly.
1: Yep, yep. And, you know, I just – it's one of those things where I don't despise the group. You know, I'm not looking at this group and saying, wow, this is the worst one we've seen. But it's a lot of, you know, middle- to lower middle-class guys. And and a lot of people were higher on the – Albert Okawabenoms and the and the Jared Pinkneys and, you know, the, the Bryson Hopkins types a year ago than they are now. Um, you have guys who come a little bit out of nowhere like Thaddeus Moss, although I'm not, you know, wild about him. You have the injury guy like Hunter Bryant, the one-year wonder and Cole Komet, the small school kid. So everybody sort of has like a major question about them. And I think you're right. It definitely slants more toward – the H-back type, the inline receiving type, um, you know, the one-dimensional type of tight ends, and uh, un- I mean, unless you think, you know, Hunter Bryant is going to be one of the, or not Hunter Bryant, but I mean, um, uh, Harrison Bryant or somebody like that is going to going to surprise people. It just lacks a little bit of a wow factor, that entire group.
0: It does. I mean, like you see functional players and fits in what they can do, but as far as you know, and you know, you look at you know what you know, Stefanski's you know, coming from Minnesota here, and that Kyle Rudolph type, yeah, and it's just difficult from that asp- aspect to find that complete total guy. Yep. Um, Eric, this has been already with the change in the combine, um, this has already been a crazy draft cycle to cover, <laughs> yes. now with where we're at now, where official visits are, are going to be, yeah, you know, just taken away, which is the smartest thing for everybody involved, obviously. How is it difficult? I mean, granted, most of it is just putting out, you know, your views on the player, which, you know, a lot of it comes from the film and then it's, you know, confirmation from test scores. But how much different of a draft cycle is it for you to cover this? You've been doing this for a while now. I mean, and it just seems like with each step along the road, it's just like, you know, it's another pothole. Or you know the trans failed, or we got to change the battery in the car. It seems like we're just normally at, at this time we're zooming to the draft. It seems like right now we are literally stuck in a lot of traffic.
1: Yeah, we we're, we've come to a screeching halt with you know pro days being canceled. You mentioned the visits, you know, scouts and coaches being pulled off the road in some cases, and you know, obviously a. a it hurts for the teams because especially for the underclassmen that they're still gathering information on, you know, maybe they did work on some of them before January, maybe not. Um, you know, right now they're, they're trying to put a puzzle together and they've got about. 784 pieces for a thousand piece puzzle, you know, and it's they'll, they'll get close. They'll make it look like the picture they want it to look like, but it may not have every spot filled. So. Yeah, I mean, it hurts the prospects who are injured, and we're counting on that pro day. I mean, think about Tua Tagovailoa, right? Is he still going to work out? What's what's he going to do? Tape it and, and send it to teams? He going to, you know? I mean, that's He's one live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if anything, I wouldn't be stunned for some cheaper teams. You know, the ones that like to kind of cut corners, like the Bengals and the Rams, and other teams that have cut back, Chargers, etc. You know, they may look at this experiment this year and come May and say, hey, that worked out fine for us. You know, we're we're going to we're going to limit travel next year too, to to save money. So I don't know. But, you know, it, it stinks for the, you know, the guys who couldn't work out at the combine who, you know, were, were waiting for their pro day or decided not to attend the senior bowl or whatever reason. And uh, they're they're just missing out on opportunities. And especially for guys who tested well at the combine, too. Who now are missing out on maybe a dozen official visits, you know, and those sorts of things can can really change a player's perspective.
0: Yeah, obviously Ezra Cleveland, Ezra Cleveland, and you know, someone in that respect. And the Browns had met with him in every possible way. He was going to be an official visit. Um, For me, another name where you're bringing this all up, and if pro days are going to be off the charts, here is Tyler Johnson, who's had the weirdest scenario the tape is fantastic, but we're never going to get a time speed. And I still go back to his last game versus Auburn and he's frying SEC defensive backs, but there's still something about that. You know, I need, you know, I need to know that Jimmy Stewart, my scout who was there said this was the 40 I've had. Right. It, It makes it difficult.
1: Yep. And especially with that probably being his, you know, one of his biggest questions is the top end speed. Does he have that extra gear? Yeah, that that you know that catch he made in the end zone. That's that's emblematic of the type of plays he made, and and the coaches have you know sort of explained how important he's been to them. Even if you know Rashad Bateman may look like the more talented you know receiver up there, you know they, they've they've made sure to mention that. Look, I mean Tyler Johnson's been a huge part of what we've done. So yeah, the fact that you know it sounded like he was focusing on training. Didn't get the senior bowl invite. Didn't do the combine testing that we helped. I mean, that's, you know, that that's, that's really the part that, that hurts a guy like that. Now, some of this may be, you know, obviously, whatever opportunities are presented to you, you got to take them as, as soon as possible. So guys who are picky and choosy or had little nitpicky injuries that they're worried about you know, preventing them from doing a certain drill. Well, you know, unfortunately it might hurt them, but uh, again, there's, there's still the same number of draft picks. The prospects haven't changed. It's just the amount of information we have. And you're right about the time speed. I mean, that's a big one. And that may separate, you know, some of the clubs in terms of their philosophies. Like, you know, it used to be back in the day, if you didn't have a time speed on a guy, I mean, that just sunk his, 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 his grade. But You know, nowadays with tracking technology and other metrics you can use to figure out a player's time, you know, time, speed and other ways, you know, maybe the more sort of forward thinking clubs can use that data and and create a real profile of who Tyler Johnson is as a prospect or any number of guys who, you know, who who don't have that, who have that void in their, in their scouting report right now.
0: You know, one more here and we'll slip into a break here. Um. Or what do you think this is maybe going to do for free agency? And you know, because official visits and like Christian Kirksey's out there, kind of touring the world right now, and fingers crossed, everything goes well for him. Yeah. Um. But a lot of this is done through phone and through text, and you know, whether or not right now the NFL says nothing's changing. Obviously, we're taking every situation right now, day by day. I mean, twenty-four hours ago, it's yesterday seemed like it was four months in a four hour time span okay no but i mean all of this stuff can truly be done it doesn't necessarily i mean the visits yeah they're they're okay you don't really need them because most of it's about are you going to meet the monetary demand
1: yeah i i don't know what the effect is going to be i really don't i mean obviously there are like you said there are some players who've been released who are who are taking their trips um I suspect a lot of that will be limited, and a lot of this will be done. Obviously, as you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Some of this stuff has already been figured out at the combine and other places, other phone calls. <laughs> it may not be legal, but we know it happens. And so, yeah, I think it it, it it's going to probably rely a little bit more heavily on that process that's already kind of taken place, and also whatever you know communications can happen during the tampering window, whatever we call it. So yeah, I don't know that it's really going to have a massive effect, but the guys who want to be wine and dine and take multiple visits, or you know, the ones who are, you know, relocating families or have you know geographical concerns or things like that, or just want to get a feel for for the how the team facilities look and operate. You know th- those buildings are going to be empty in a lot of places, and, and they're they're not necessarily going to be going on those trips. So that could have an effect, and that may lead some players to, you know, stick with what they know or take a little bit less money to to, to go to a team that that makes a little more, a little less of the unknown. I guess. So I really don't know what the 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 factor is going to be, but it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah,
0: I do selfishly hope that this maybe affects a certain linebacker here for the cleveland browns because i mean but any of these visits you know there's our building do you want to go inside and meet earl he cleans the lockers um absolutely the carpet is always perfect every day when you come in i mean because that's essentially where we're at here right now and it's just i mean the wildest wildest of off seasons here uh jeff lloyd from yahoo sports eric Edholm. um the um if you have the google home Check it out. Um, ask it to play you the latest Cleveland Browns news. You get the one-minute, five-minute segments. Um, shorter, just straight factual stuff as, you know, we're going through here this process. And, look, I mean, some of it's going to be Browns-related. Some's going to be life and where we're all at here right now. Um, everybody, again, you check it out. Um, again, safe. Worry about your own. If you're locked up for a few days, find a way to just make it all work. Um, Stay clean, stay safe, everybody. And as the information comes, process it and do what's best for you guys and your family. Google Home, Google News, go ahead and check that out. Now, Eric, there are obviously a couple of key, huge holes here with the Browns. Um, for right now, um, I don't see any way Greg Robinson is going to be back to play tackle. Chris Hubbard, I think they're hanging on by a thread, hoping maybe somehow, some way, they can get some sort of compensation if they don't, you know, whatever, they're going to move on here. Um with Kevin Stefanski coming in here, um this in the great it's weird that we can talk about an offensive tackle class and call it, you know, an ice cream where there's flavors for everybody. Yep. But that's how kind of deep it is and, and I went through this, you know, about a week ago trying to explain to everybody It's about 13 tackles here that could come in and maybe not beat true day one starters but with the proper coaching they could be ready to go by week one obviously this team looks you know zone wide zone specific that type of thing there's fits there but I think some people are misconstruing some of the facts all of these tackles tested really really well as far as maybe the top six top seven and you know whether they're a little athletic and slimmer, it's like, oh, we will put 10 pounds on them. He'll still be athletic enough. It's a really, really impressive group.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, look, I mean, Tristan Wirth, we all knew he was a great athlete, but then we really knew when we saw, you know, the, the record numbers that he, that he put up in a couple of uh, drills and athletic testing at the Combine. And, you know, I I, I think anyone who watched more than – two games of Makai Becton could also see boy for a big guy he moves pretty turn well we yep. didn't know how well until we saw that 40-yard dash the 10-yard split and everything and just said we're talking about a unicorn here right and you know let's not forget Jedrick Wills and Andrew Thomas and all these other guys who belong in this group and Ezra Cleveland you know as we mentioned earlier on you know a player who I think you know had some appeal no doubt but I, I don't believe he would have gotten some of the late first round, early second round buzz that he's getting now without that kind of a workout. He's a good player in college, no doubt about it. Um he's got a likable personality. He's kind of a quirky dorky guy who goes out there and also can maul people too. So you throw that in with the great size, the athleticism, the guard tackle flexibility, you know, and that's a player like we said earlier. Teams want to line him up for visits and see if they can be a fit. And you know, and I, like I said, I'm I'm a little bit leery about the parts of this class. Like I, you know, I'm lower on Austin Jackson than others. Um, you, you know, tape, I'm didn't match,
0: tape didn't match the athletic number.
1: Agree. Yeah, the athleticism was great. The the look at the best pass rushes he faced. He struggled. I don't know how well it, you know. And they were speed guys, power guys, handwork guys. You know, it wasn't just one type of guy that he struggled against. Isaiah Wilson, I really thought he could have gone back to school played left tackle next year and you know and done that kind of thing that gets you drafted in round one I don't see him as a round one guy so yeah I mean like if if Lucas Yang is healthy and Josh Jones is you know plays to what some people think his ceiling is and Sadiq Charles answers the character questions it could be one of the best tackle groups we've seen in a long time I mean there's there's obviously a uh, you know, a little bit of a bus quality to all of them. But yeah, I mean, at the top, I think you're in great shape in the middle. I think you're in decent shape potentially, but there's also a, you know, a boom bus quality to some of those guys.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's a fun group. And even for me, like whether it's a Jack Driscoll from Auburn, who just yeah. seems like kind of like just steady. He just seems like, you know, you could pencil a man a right tackle and, you know, there's some folks saying day three but I mean if it was third fourth round and you know you're getting a starter and the athleticism certainly helped it's it's such it's a normally Eric this isn't my group man I want to talk about skill guys but like I'm actually excited about 300 pound guys that can move really well
1: yeah I mean what does it say obviously the injuries are a big factor but like Trey Adams you know probably was one of the three or four most well-known names among, you know, casual draft fans coming into the year, right? And he played a full season, and nobody's talking about him as a first or second round pick. Now, granted, again, the the medical testing, the poor combine, but that's an example, I think, of how deep this group is. And, like, you know, take a guy like like Colton from from West Virginia – you know does he does he blow you away in in any way no but I think he's going to be one of those rock solid steady guys who plays for eight or ten years and you're going to be happy you drafted him in a normal year he might go I don't know like mid to late third this year he might slip to the early fifth I don't know I mean that's just I think there's there's enough depth and enough uh enough talent there to where you say that you know this is a pretty darn good group the one question I have and, and I don't know what your thoughts are but some of these teams even with the high-end guys like like Wills and Werfs, say maybe he's a better guard Yeah, I've heard that a lot about a lot of these guys the kid from Kansas a few yep. other players they're always trying to kick these guys inside and I'm thinking can we just try him a tackle? I don't know. Maybe I'm a little being a little simplistic about it, but yeah, there's been a lot of that type of chatter. So I, that does get factored into the equation, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, even, you know, you know for Daniel Jeremiah, even, you know, with, you know, Tristan worst and, and part of it though, you know, I mean, you can kind of understand where it's, you know, he'll be an all pro guard and yeah. everybody's oh, but well, Why is he going to guard? Well, I mean, He did say he'd be an all-pro guard. Yeah, we're talking about a really good guard, yes. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you know, Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson went to my high school. He went to Notre Dame as a tackle. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's an all-pro guard. There's nothing wrong with that. He's going to make a boatload of money after being a top-ten pick. He's going to make a second contract with a boatload of money. So it's not necessarily a
1: disrespect thing. Same thing. I mean, there's plenty of those guys who end up being terrific players, and we can't. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, Zach Martin or whoever. I mean, Richie Incognito, for all his faults as a human being. And warts. Is totally, yes. Yeah, warts. Joe Tooney's <laughs> going to make a ton of cash. Joe, you know, Joel Batonio, you guys know very well. I mean, Marshall Yenner retires and it gets pretty good mention. You know, I mean, so guards are guards are people too, right?
0: Well, and the other thing is, is you don't have to deal with, you know, guys who can run, you know, Four five, um, would you rather you know have the big three hundred and thirty pound guy in front of you, or would you rather have to be on an island with Miles Garrett's and Jadavian Clowney's <laughs> of the world? Um, Fair point. Linebacker wise, Brown wise here. Um, for me, what it seems the picture they are painting is, and I pray this is how I'm seeing this. It's going to be more defensive line. It's going to be more about coverage. It seems they are going to not necessarily punt on linebacker, they're going to go cheap. And they're, they're, the theory is going to be defensive line. Um, hopefully that will compensate the linebackers to be able to move, maneuver around what, so they can do what they can do. Um, we'll get to the secondary here in a in the second here. Wow. Um, but, look, you have Mac Wilson who's going to be a second-year player. Um, it wasn't all great last year, but he got a ton of work, which is probably what Mac Wilson needed as a fifth-round pick. Sure. Sioni so Taki Taki probably gonna slide in to your mic position because for some reason they don't want to bring back Joe Schubert. That's fine, mm. but <laughs> whatever that is. It's not fine. I'm not ready to commit it. Admit it's fine. <laughs> but you're gonna bring, you're gonna look here and day three. The good thing about these day three guys is there's athleticism to them, to them, and there is production. Um, you know, you have your top heavy guys whether it's Queen Murray obviously Isaiah Simmons who I don't think is going to get past four because Dave Gettleman loves him some linebackers we all know that but I think some of these day three guys whether it's Davion Taylor and some of those other names just get one more guy who can at least run and chase.
1: Yeah, I mean Taylor's one obviously ran a four three nine in his pro day four four nine in Indy. Uh, you know, still some sloppiness to his game, but you, you love the kid. He's got a great story. You know, the, the Mel Tucker had him last year. I know some people on staff, they they raved about him. You know, sideline to sideline range. There's a lot of qualities in, in a player like that. Or a Troy Die. you know. I mean, I know, Yep. you know, I mean, that's a four-year starter who played with a, a broken thumb in one game, a torn meniscus in his final four games. I mean, toughness athleticism you know if you if you feel good about the kid and feel like you know his immaturity in the past is kind of gone he's a he's going to be a great day three pick for somebody you know or Akeem Davis Gaither the kid out of App State or I'm trying to think of some other one. you know Logan Wilson is a great example for the kid no from doubt. Wyoming smart coverage ability former corner and safety in high school you know incredible tackle totals always around the ball had one bad game that I watched last year and it was bad by his standards, not by a normal person's, you know, normal linebacker standards. That was the, the opener against Missouri. I thought he was just, you know, he played like a C plus game for him and every other game was B plus or higher. I just think his consistency was so good. So I, I think this linebacker group, I'm going to go on record. Everyone knows about Simmons and Patrick queen and they're getting to know, those, you know, Kenneth Murray and Zach Bonner, all these guys. To me, it's that day three depth that you were talking about. I, you know a healthy Marcus Bailey, or, or I don't know. I like the kid from Wake grenade pretty good. I mean, yep. I don't know. There's there's a lot of players in this group. I like the linebackers this year.
0: Uh, I'm a huge fan of Marcus Bailey and right you know, Obviously, covering the Browns here. You know, and you know, cause he had some good moments against Ohio State. <laughs> um, would you rather have him with you now, guys? Which, you know, I mean. So let's look at it that way here. Like
1: Baker Mayfield of linebackers, right? We hated him now. We, we're kind of forced to love him or at least uh, you know, get behind him whenever he's uh, doing the right things, I guess.
0: Yeah, and with him, obviously, it's going to be with a bunch of these guys now with the medical rechecks not going down. Yeah. Um, I hope there's some way they can maybe find ways, if it's feasible, to send doctors here because obviously that in- information is vital and Bailey falls into that. Um, so you cross your fingers on that stuff. Cause it just makes it, I mean, the world is the world and we all gotta, you know, make sure, you know, we can make it through to the next day, but you know, some of these kids here and you know, it's always weird. And obviously, you know, a few years ago, you know, uh, the bond Miller draft with, you know, the strike situation at the time, you just, you're just hoping here for the best because you know, for each one of these kids, this is something you've worked for since you were probably eight, nine years old. For most of these kids, and to have it be an altered course, it's just tough in that respect. Yeah, Jeff Lloyd, Eric Edel from Yahoo Sports, um, apparel folks. Uh, you guys know my folks over at Zabel, Zabel Apparel, ABO. Love them, appreciate them. Brian and his family, it's it, it comes from the heart. Uh, obviously, they travel to road games. It's not just trying to make some money. They do this because this is something they truly love. They love the Cleveland Browns. They don't always get that affection back, as most of us don't. We all get it. As far as the Browns back, backer sections, uh, yeah, don't say anything negative about the Browns because apparently you're going to get that pulled. So, But if you're looking for great gear, Zabo Apparel, S-Z-A-B-O, on Instagram, on Twitter, ZaboApparel.com as well, go ahead, check them out. Now, Eric, the safety position, and this is where it could get interesting. Um, two of the names that have risen up throughout the entire cycle, obviously, you know, uh, Jeremy Chin, Kyla Duggar. The yep. thing about these guys, not only are they well-built, well-proportioned. I mean, these guys are good, built size safeties. They move really well. They're athletic guys. And we get more and more here. And one of the reasons I bring both these names up here is you look at what's on top of you as the Cleveland Browns. What's something you got to deal with? You got to deal with Lamar Jackson right now. Yep. And you got to deal with they're not going to differ on that offense too much because essentially if it ain't broke, don't fix it. These guys, yeah, they're safeties, but you can probably do a lot more with them.
1: Yep. No, oh, I mean To me, Jeremy Chin is a linebacker. I know he's listed as a safety, but he's a big, big kid. I mean, he's got, you know, the the 6'3 height, the long arms, the 220-plus-pound build. You know, is he going to be tremendous in the box? Well, no, but in that role you just said, which is, you know, let's say he's a Lamar Jackson spy. Yeah, I think that's – he made a ton of plays from the backside. You know, I only watched four games of him, but, I mean, what I saw was a guy who was moving at a faster speed than – 90% 90% of the people on the field. And for a guy that size, that's really impressive. I, I think he's a player and I don't mean to suggest that he's not smart, but I think he's a player whose assignments have to be kept very streamlined early, just sort of talking to some people around the league. They felt like, you know, kind of the more that was put on his plate, his reaction times kind of slowed down a little bit, but you know, again, those are, those are just a handful of opinions. They may be wrong, but you know, he, he, tosses dudes aside and, and makes plays. And it's, it's fun to watch for a bigger safety like that. And, you know, Duggar, we only had seven games of him last year with the wrist injury, but, you know, I just got a, his whole season on tape and, and just started kind of boring through the tape on him. And man, I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, I don't think people sort of can appreciate really how special a deal it is that the division two kid, could go from so far off the map. And I'm actually writing about it. I talked to him the other day and talked to some of his guys at, uh, at Lenore Ryan could go, you know, to where he turns in a good junior daytime, and people are going, Oh, well, we're stopping at app state. We'll, we'll head down the road to Lenore Ryan and see this kid. And they went, wow. Like, okay. He's even better than we thought. So, yep. you know, multiple scouts there every day throughout the season, you know, the bills have done a ton of work on him, the jets have been in a lot, the panthers nearby have done a lot of work on him as well. He's he's an exciting prospect, and I think he's going higher. I don't know, I don't know what you've been hearing, but it would not completely stun me to see him go in the top 40 or, or 45 picks.
0: No, well, the thing is, in between him and Chinniv, they just continuously put together the perfect. Draft off season, you know, went down to Senior Bowl. All right, well, here's kids not playing against the top of competition. Okay, we're gonna get to talk about these guys. Yeah. They went to Indy, and good for both of them. Um, obviously nobody knew what was where we're gonna be now, but went and worked out, and good lord, blew you know, blew, yeah, obviously checked all those boxes, blew that out of the water, and you like to see that. Um, talk to me real quick, Eric, before we start to put a bow on this. Um, Grant Delpit, this could get really, really interesting here. Um, Greedy Williams kind of went through a similar thing last year from LSU, where it was a question of tackling. Um, Greedy, obviously, got to see some workouts. We may not get those workouts from Grant Delpit. And the one thing is when tackling is a bit of a concern, obviously there is nothing you can do to fix that through a draft process. Grant Delpit, I mean, the player, does he go top 32?
1: I don't know. I had him slip into the early second round in a mock I just did. I'm trying to think if it was the most recent mock I did or the one right before it. But I had him just slipping out of round one. And so, you know, I don't go into these – when I do these mock drafts, I try to go in with a clean slate. Yes, I'm listening to all the things I'm hearing, but I go one pick at a time. I don't jump picks. I don't do – you know, I don't say I've got to get these 30 – you know. You know these 28 players have to be in my first round because we know every single year there are guys who slip, and we think, Why did that happen? Well, sometimes it's just a quirky set of circumstances. But in Delpit's case, you just li- out- outlined, you know, big school, big name, everything that you wanted to see coming into the year just didn't happen the way it was supposed to. And now he hasn't had this chance to work out. And yeah, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to see him go. Thirty fifth, thirty eighth, fortieth, whatever. I don't think he'll slip on that. I really can't. I really can't imagine him going too much farther than that. And I just think, you know, I, his interviews were going to be interesting too, because I think a lot of people coming into the year sort of felt like he was going to be that Jamal Adams guy. He's just not. He's he's a little bit more of a laid back personality. Um, you know, supreme talent, but as you pointed out. tackling issues yes they they did seem to to reduce down the stretch the last three games i didn't see him whiffing on tackles like i did against texas and you know auburn and whoever else and but you know there was a concern about hey was this from the shoulder injury that he had early in 2018 because the tackling issues were there in 2018 too it just felt like now this is two years in a row and they were even more concerning early in this season yeah i without without times on him, um, you know, without a health check on that ankle. There, there, there's a little bit of an unknown quantity to him right now. Well, I, I do think you can maybe just say,
0: hey, we like him as a free safety, and that'll be enough to, you know, maybe offset it. Maybe you're just not going to, you know, and this is what's going to be – you're going to have to do with some of these guys because it's there's going to be some buyer beware of this draft process. Sure. There's no doubt about it. Yep, it's well. Let's just keep more. We think he's safe, and if you end up getting more out of it, that's obviously certainly a you know a bonus, no doubt about it, a feather in the cap, so to speak. Yep, Eric. Before we take this one on home, um, anything draft wise, league wise, world
1: wise, you got to put out there. Yeah, and I'm gonna think here. I mean, I've got a, a my plate's pretty full here. I just put out my. I'm uh, starting my top hundred prospects and releasing them 10 at a time. So we had you know hundred through 91, 90 through 81, uh, 80 through 71. And I'm uh right at right before we talked, I was just finishing up on uh what was that it was 70 to 61, I guess. Yeah, I'm losing track here. So as as I get into the top 50, I'll I'll start breaking out longer individual profiles. I'll crank out about eight or nine a week. Uh, a lot of the leg work course has been done and, and, but putting it all together and making it sound somewhat coherent is, is uh, still a labor of love. So it's a great time. It's a lot of work. You know, I try to, even though I've watched so many games of these guys already, I try to go back and refresh my memory or watch a game. I haven't seen just to kind of, you know, get the the thoughts coursing through the head a little bit. And, uh, you know, I always have regrets. Like I had Chin at 101, in my list. He just, just missed you know my top 100 he probably deserved a spot he's gonna go higher than 100 i think but uh there's always those those players that you have graded too low too high but you know the ink is pretty well dry at this point other than you know any late information that changes things so that's you know that's that's where we're at right now
0: well let's put it this way then who is your biggest riser since games concluded to where we are now
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say since the beginning of the season. Yeah, that would have been easier. Joe Burrow by a mile. But yes, uh, I would have to say Denzel Mims has to be on that list. I mean, no doubt. Know,
0: if, he seems like the popular one. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can, I remember calling to area scouts in the Southwest area in December and saying, you know, end of the season, where do you have this guy? Yeah, third, fourth, even some fifth round talk. I was a little bit shocked because I was sort of thinking, okay, late second to late third, maybe, you know, date, late day two, whatever. At that point, that was kind of the the feeling, deep receiver class. He needs to improve as a route runner, blah, 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 blah. May not be super fast. Well, I mean, again, he went down to the senior bowl, performed terrifically. Uh, You know, we, we all of a sudden remembered all those great plays he made on tape during the season. And then he goes to the combine and, puts on a show. So he's probably number 1. I would Cleveland would have to be on that list too. Both have the same agent by the way. I'm sure he's happy. Um and yeah, <laughs> it works out well. Yeah, not a bad not a bad deal. Uh Ezra Cleveland with his testing I would think moves himself into that top 50 discussion and maybe maybe late first round. Um, I'm just trying to think eight on Beckton. I would say in terms of You know, I I don't know that everyone had stamped a high-end first-round grade on him. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they had. But his interviews went really well, too. And I think people have gotten to know him a little bit.